Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Oh, I got a live one here. All right. Yo. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Spears. That's Steinberg. Podcast. Yes. Coming to you live from... Houston, Texas, baby. The sticky, sticky place. Uh, not as sticky as Dallas in terms of heat heat and humidity. Uh, this is kind of mild compared to that shit, but hot nonetheless. Dude, I thought it was... Uh, it's gross. Really? You think so? I was walking around today. You didn't go have for a nice little hike. They told me the wrong... I was staying at the Westin. Yeah. And they told me... I wanted to go to uh, Walgreens, and they sent me in the completely opposite direction. Mm. They told me it was by a different. So I walked around for a good 20, 30 minutes. It was, it was sticky and hot. Well, if you walk around in something long enough uncomfortably, you're going to feel it, but it ain't too crazy. Um, My boxers are wet. Wow. That's, oof, that's, that's a visual. <laughs> You put gay porn in my head. No, not trying to do that, but... Uh, it's done. Um, glad to be here, man, because uh, this, this is one of, the, uh, one, of the, one of the top five, one of the cool ones, uh, especially coming off of last week oh. in Burlington, Vermont, which was, of course, shit. Uh, this is a good one, man. Always, always, always glad to be back in H-Town, and again, I'm glad the uh, Rockets weren't in the finals because that have fucked with my tickets. Um, but you know, it was, it was Cleveland and, uh, it was it, it against the Avengers. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and we saw what, how that turned out. Uh, and there we go. Can we finally, finally, finally put to bed? We can finally put it to fuck to bed. Uh, and you know, it, it's, it's funny cause people would sit there and say shit like, uh, LeBron is so great. That when he loses, people celebrate his demise. And I was just, again, I have to keep setting the record straight. I despise Golden State. So I would have loved to have seen LeBron James and the Cavs beat Golden State. And, and I have to keep defending myself here when I go, I am not a LeBron hater. I'm a LeBron fan. I, and while he was in Cleveland, I was riding with him. When he was in Miami, I was riding with him. I am a LeBron fan. What I'm not a fan of is the bullshit, he's better than Michael. That's why the only thing that, that made me root against him was because I wanted to put to bed this fucking bullshit once and for all. Is he the greatest player of this generation? Absolutely. Not a doubt. Uh, um, you know, 
I recognize his greatness and all of that. But you, but but this this narrative that he is better than Michael when I am a guy who saw Michael play needs to fucking stop. And I and, and listen, I'm being I, I know it's a lot of you millennials who are saying this dumb shit. I know there's dudes my age from my generation and my nineties era who are saying it too. But um and I, I and I and I shun them as well. But for the millennials to say it, knowing you haven't seen Michael, it's just fucking ridiculous. So I, I, I it wasn't that I, I'm a LeBron hater. Or I was rooting against the Cavs because again, if there wasn't this Michael versus MJ thing, I would have loved to have seen Cleveland dust off Golden State because I hate Golden State. But if, if 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 beating the Cavs and pushing LeBron's finals record to three and six puts this to bed which i now believe it does then fuck it i'm 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 with it man i'm with it but see this is the, this is the problem that i have with what what you're saying is because uh i i i think it almost adds to his legend right now in what way man he drug a team that wasn't even his team at the beginning of the year into the finals and listen i'm a michael jordan dude that is you know i grew up on michael jordan i Man, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm from Phoenix. I wanted the Suns to, to win when they played Jordan in the finals. But I'm a Michael Jordan fan. I, I believe that he is that number one in all. I'm a Michael NBA. Jordan whore. I'm a groupie. But LeBron made a case for himself the way that he drugged that team into the finals. Yeah, but you know what, man? I, you know, and, and this is where we, we hear all these fucking arguments. Where people go, hey man, nine straight finals appearances, never lost in the first round. I, I that's a hat tipper. I tip my hat, but you cannot sit there and tell me that the journey is more important than the end result. The end result is MJ six and zero. Oh. The end result for LeBron is three and six. That is a losing fucking record. Fuck you and all your Michael Jordan got swept or Michael Jordan lost in the first round to the Pistons. Fuck all that. Mike's got one of the greatest quotes ever. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. The start is the journey. The end result is the finish. I'll never disagree with him. I'm not taking LeBron over him. I'm just saying he made I don't think it weakened the people that are going to say that he's better than Jordan because he did drag a team all well, the way to the he, here's, well, but look, if you, if, you, if, you, if you go according to Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless, and, and Skip has always been a, a world-renowned LeBron hater, but, but, but Stephen A., who supports LeBron thoroughly, said himself, he quit. He quit. He looked like he quit. In game four. It, it, now, a, now, when have you ever put the word Michael Jordan and quit in the same fucking sentence? You, you so can. if you want to throw out all the statistics, if you want to throw out the fucking, if, if you want to, if you, let's just throw all that out. The nine straight finals, the never lost in the first round, which is what, what all these uh, Braun genders hang on to. At the end of the day, when have you ever associated Michael Jordan with a quit and a choke? Let me remind you. Uh, LeBron James first year in Miami finals against Dallas his own admittance he choked now here we go again he quit quit and choke quit and choke go with Michael Jordan like barbecue ribs and ice cream nigga well he also said that he hurt his hand punching a whiteboard oh did he 
And everybody on Twitter had a field day with that. The same hand that prior to that was supposed to be broken as he's walking through the tunnel, he's dapping up his sons and doing fucking 15 different handshakes with the broken hand. Yeah. Come on, man. No, I mean, I'm not, you know, but if you, if you stack it up, I'll, 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 I'll say this to, to give something to the people who are LeBron. If you take it as a physical specimen, just take away the, which he is, he is, the, and I, and even on that, but finish your point. He is the, he is the, the way you build him, that is the way you'd want to build a basketball player. Someone who can I play. would want it to be Jordan. But, and I'm going to answer. I'm going to tell okay. you why. Go ahead. He can play anything from the point yep. all the way to center. Yep. He has the body to do it. Yep. He has all that. What he, Beyond. Yeah, what he, but he's missing the one thing. The one the one thing. That's, what, that's why he isn't the greatest. He's missing the one thing Jordan had more than anyone else ever had. I'm, I'm going to quote my, my boy from... Black Panther from the Jabari tribe in Buku. Are you done? <laughs> are you, are you, are you, are you, are you done? Like, you know, when people keep pushing that narrative, bigger, stronger, faster. LeBron is bigger, stronger, faster. Blah, blah, blah. Motherfucking blah. At the end of the day, bigger, stronger, faster is three and six. Right. So listen, you go ahead and keep the big dick that gets erect sometimes. I'm going to stick with the average dick that works all the time, 6-0. and all. Well, it's because he has, he has that mental, and that's the thing. Jordan had the mental, and that was, that's the bottom line. If you could go in there. And this is the one other thing that I'm going to say to the LeBron people that are going to disagree with you. And I'm not agreeing and disagreeing with you. I'm just trying to give the LeBron people a little something to hold on to. The thing that they have to understand is when they say, this is a different kind of game. It's a faster kind of game. The reason the game is like it is today is because of Jordan. Those rule changes were put in place because of Jordan. Don't you understand, you dumb young fucks? You come from a Pokemon era. You guys have remastered the Thundercats cartoon. Have you seen the new cartoon? No, I haven't even seen it. It looks like it was drawn by third graders. They took away all the masculinity that we knew as Thundercats, the muscle definition, the machoism. It's literally, it literally looks like it's been drawn by three-year-olds. Bubbly cartoon eyes. It, 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 it's just, you, you guys are soft, man. You soft. If Jordan played in today's era, he would average 60 points. And, and when I hear people say, there's no way this Jordan team or Jordan's teams could have beat this Golden State team. So let me, let me make sure I follow this now. Let me make sure I follow this. A team that went 72 and 10 versus a team that beat them by one game in the regular season to go 73 and 9. Now, granted, that team didn't have KD, but fuck it. Let's go with the KD team. You want me to believe that a team that went 72 and 10 with the greatest player of all time in Jordan. One of the greatest defenders ever in Jordan. And let me remind you, Michael Jordan made all defense multiple times. LeBron, has he even done it once? No. Never. And Jordan won Defensive Player of the Year. Okay. I forgot what year it was. Several years. So then there's that. Then you got Scottie Pippen with that wingspan, who defensively was just as much as a juggernaut as MJ. Then you got Dennis Rodman, who also, also defensively a problem. Not to mention the greatest rebounder of all time. Then you got an honorable mention and Ron Harper, who also played good defense. 
Then you got a six man in Tony Kukoc, who was a matchup nightmare, who could post you and shoot the three and hit the mid-range. Then you got Steve Kerr and Judd Bushler, three-point shooter assassins. Then you got Luke Longley and Bill Wennington, two legit seven-footers who had a mid-range jump shot, who off double team from Michael and Scotty will sink them. Then not to mention coached by the greatest, if not the greatest, because some people give that to Red Auerbach. But then you got Phil Jackson, one of the greatest coaches of all time. So now you put them up against who's guarding Steph Curry, Ron Harper. Maybe Jordan at times. Well, let's say Ron Harper. I'm, I'm sure Steph, because of the great shooter that he is, could get off. Maybe on some one-on-one step backs and popping threes. But again, Harper had length. Then he might get help from Michael. Let's say they keep to the one-on-one. Mike's guarding Steph. I mean, uh, Clay. That's complete shutdown. Scottie Pippen's on, uh, on Kevin Durant. Durant will get his, but it'll be a tough night. Rodman is going to be a nightmare for Draymond Green. And then, like I said, who, what seven-footers on Golden State? JaVel McGee? Come on, man. JaVel JaVale McGee rebound, but ain't got no jump shot. He got to go out there and guard Luke Longley, guard Bill Winnington for those jumpers, which means now there's spacing that opens up because he's got to step out there on the perimeter and guard those guys. It would be a matchup nightmare for Golden State. Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, like. I think, and I, and I may have said it before. I think Golden State is the most overrated team in basketball. Every every they've got so many breaks, lucky breaks through injuries and mishaps. Like, give me a fucking break. I don't. I don't even. Honestly, I don't even see Golden State beating the Detroit Piston Bad Boys, the Shaq and Kobe Lakers. Who's guarding Shaq? Who's stopping Kobe in his prime Afro pre-rape? Kobe. Then that bench, Fox, Big Shot Bob, Horace Grant, Ron Harper, who was on that team, Derek Fisher, Brian Shaw. I don't think they could beat the Magic Lakers, the Magic Kareem Lakers. Who the fuck is stopping Kareem? Magic at 6'9 at the point. That vision. James Worthy, Byron Scott. Yeah, the Showtime Lakers. AC Green, Kurt Rambis, Michael Cooper, defense, bench. Shooting threes. I don't think they could stop the Orlando Magic, Shaq, and Penny. It's like, come on, man. Golden State, man. It's the luckiest fucking team in basketball. Well, whether they're lucky or not, they have three rings. They do. They have three rings. They played solid basketball. They've manipulated the way the game's been played. They have, some, they have serious players on their team. I'm not giving, taking anything away from them. I'm not taking anything away from LeBron. I'm still hanging my number one player trophy in Jordan's closet, but that's it. And then, you know, I might have been slightly bothered by, you know, seeing LeBron at the press conference, you know, with the, with the, with the auntie handbag and, you know, the, 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 shorts. the short set. You know, somebody said on Twitter, which was hilarious, uh, that when he exited the press conference, he had too much spice on that exit. <laughs> <laughs> I love that fucking word, spice. He, had, he looked like an auntie leaving... Uh, a nephew's uh, school visit to the principal and was just fed up. Um, and You know, again, maybe this is where I'm becoming a dinosaur, man, but I, I understand people want to evolve. I, I get that, you know, people want to be different. But it feels like manhood is getting lost in this uh, evolution. 
um, like I said, between political correctness, Pokemon, little Uzi Vert, manhood is getting lost. Dude, we're a dying breed. There was someone on on Twitter who said that he LeBron needs to stop listening to ACDC and Angus and dressing like Angus Young. Which I, I'm totally I, lost. Yeah, Angus Young is a guitar player for ACDC that wears uh, shorts and a jacket. Really? Yeah, and so that's why they said it. Yeah, I listen. I, I feel like uh, to quote my man Will Smith and I am Legend to any real man out there. I'm Dr. Robert Neville. If there are any of you out there, you're not alone. Just <laughs> <laughs> meet me at the dock on top of the fucking aircraft carrier. You are not alone. We need to have man meetings. Weekly to try to bring manhood you back. You can't. You can. You we can. Gotta, no, no. We got to reboot the system, baby. Women would be. Women would. Fuck would, would, dad. No, they would. They would stop it. They would put an injunction out. You were not allowed to have a man meeting. We got to start eating spaghetti with our hands and using dirty magazine picks as napkins. <laughs> I'm gonna wipe my mouth with a hustler magazine picture. Lick the pussy and eat my spaghetti at the same time. Uh, I think all those days are gone, man. What is going on, man? What is going on? I, I, I'm gonna get, we're going to leave LeBron alone because I'm, I don't want to hear anybody complain about it anymore. LeBron? Oh, listen, it's been put to bed. It's done, officially been put to bed. You've done a great job. Hey, you know, it's great. But but come on, man. If, if we're going to be fair, let's be all the way fair. You guys, you, 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 you Bron genders can't pick and choose what works for you. You know, you want to highlight his stats and go, well, you know, stat-wise, he's beating all of Michael's records. And let me remind you, Mike didn't come straight out of high school and he retired two years. Had he come straight out of high school and didn't retire for two years, his numbers would have been harder to beat. LeBron has just, it ain't like LeBron smashed him. He's beat a couple of them by inches. So again, Mike don't retire for two years, uh, you know, uh, come straight out of high school, those records become a lot tougher to beat. But if you're going to point the stats, you can't just pick out the stats that work for you. Three and six is a stat. Pay attention to that one, too. If you're going to pick out stats and go, this is why he's better than MJ. Look at the stats. Three and six is a stat. That's a losing record. MJ six and oh, that's a stat. We're going to play that game. Let's play it all the way. Let's play the stat game the whole way. Where's LeBron going to be next year? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Uh, the most gangster shit ever was somebody said, well, look, he can talk to, and, and somebody posted all the teams he could talk to, Boston being one of them. Um, that would be the most gangster shit ever because, you know, Kyrie can't stand him. And, uh, you know, that's LeBron, baby. They'll, they'll, they'll get rid of Kyrie to get LeBron. How fucked up would that be if – this dude goes to Boston to get away from LeBron. LeBron comes there. He loses his job there and goes to a gets demoted to a far less team. And now LeBron is there. That would be fucked up. But you don't know how many more years you get from LeBron. You got a you got a whole career with uh, Kyrie. You gonna get rid of Le- Le- yeah? But Kyrie is so injury prone. Not Le- LeBron. If nothing else, he's proven to be durable. Yeah, he's fucking Iron Man. No serious indus- in- in- uh, injuries. Kyrie, his whole since college, that man is fragile, baby. So, you know. So you pick up LeBron and you send Kyrie I back. You send Kyrie, adios, nigga. It's LeBron. And picture LeBron with them guns. LeBron, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Rozier, Al Horford, 
a healthy Gordon Hayward, Marcus Smart, and maybe if you can finesse it, you pick up either Kawhi Leonard or, 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 or Paul George. Now, if you put Kawhi Leonard and LeBron, could you send them anywhere and they win a championship? The two of them together with people that... With any could, team? With, with, with teams that have role players that can contribute. Absolutely. Those two together. That's why I say Golden State got lucky. Because if you remember, I think it was last year, Golden State game one in Golden State against the Spurs. They was getting their ass whooped by 20. Kawhi goes down, they come back, win that game, and then they go ahead and destroy the Spurs. Kawhi Leonard is that boy. Him and LeBron, even him and LeBron together in San Antonio, with finally LeBron being coached by an elite coach, which is something he's never had. Mm. Say the Lakers, you know. I think if he wants to win San Antonio or Boston with a Kawhi or a Paul George. I'm from Phoenix. Why not go to Phoenix? Oh, come on. Why? Man, you go to look at look at all the players that they have right now. They got Booker, and then they have all their surrounding Charles players. Barkley. One time, I don't know if you ever saw it on TNT. He shitted on Phoenix so bad, it was the funniest shit. He had Shaq dying. He was talking about how the parking lot be empty, the nacho cheese be cold. Yeah, they don't serve jalapenos. They put pickles instead. He shitted on it so bad because ever since Colangelo left. It has had its issues trying to find itself again. Now, Colangelo, is that the dude that went to Philly and got in trouble? No, no, no. That's his oh. son. Oh, okay. That's Brian Colangelo. Oh, okay. The other one is uh, Mr. Colangelo. I don't even know his first name. Right, right. Phoenix now, man. That, 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 that'd be like starting over. But, dude, you, that, that team's right there. There's all young players. They're going to pick up the first number one pick this year. I hear your, your Arizonian heart, yeah. heart screaming. Dude, I'm moving to New York. And when I moved to New York... I mean, I'll seriously, I'm going to become a Knicks fan. I don't give a shit, but I'll still root for Phoenix. Because mm. Phoenix is the only town when I grew up, is the, only, is the only professional sports team we had in Phoenix when I was growing up. We didn't have anything else. Being a Knicks and a Phoenix fan is like fucking this, it's the, a, a fat, ugly bitch. You like fat, ugly pussy. Yeah, yeah. yeah but it's, both, both those teams are about ready to get on the treadmill and get slimmed down. Looking good. LeBron's too old to be waiting it's now or never, man. Man, I think I, I think any team that LeBron goes to that has a surrounding cast with him is he's going to. People are screaming be- Houston, but Chris Paul, same thing, injury prone. If Chris Paul doesn't go down, I don't think Golden State's in the finals. Maybe not. But what about uh, LeBron in uh, Philly? Interesting. That would probably be in terms of promising. You look at Joel Embiid and with Simmons, the Ben Simmons, yeah. is it? Uh, with LeBron. That could be that could be interesting. That could be interesting. I, I, it just feels like LeBron needs a certified number two man. Like Pippen was certified number two. Yeah. KD and Steph certified one and two. Shaq and Kobe a one and two. Is Joel Joel Embiid that dude? Is Ben Simmons old enough, ready enough? Mm. I don't know. Maybe that that call is going to come to acquire uh, from LeBron. That's what I'm saying, man. Ball, I would love to see the Boston shit happen because that would just be so gangster. Ka- Ka- Kawhi would, would, would have a voodoo doll of this nigga. Would, he would hate LeBron. No, no uh, Kyrie. Kyrie, Curry, Kyrie, Curry. But, uh, yeah, no, no, those are all interesting ways that we could go on this. So, uh, to wrap this up, LeBron's versus Jordan debate. How do I say goodbye? You can't because LeBron's already in the dressing room. Two, oh, yeah, he's already gone. <laughs> he's still goodbye. That motherfucker's out of there. He's out of there. 
Uh, the city of Cleveland, boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be rough for y'all. It's going to be rough for y'all. Uh, football's looking good in Cleveland this year. Is it? It's going to look good. They're going to. Are they just 0 and 16? All they have to do is win a game. They look better than last year. Oh, that's the standard. They're going to be good. They're going to play well this year. Just watch, bitch, watch. wake up out your coma. I'll take. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the pussy. Just wake up out your coma. This it's going to be better this year. What, what, what do you want to do next? We got a couple things on the list. Uh, we want. I want to get that Jeff Dunham thing that you talked about. Uh, we could oh, you want to say that to the end? Well, yeah. Let's let's see what we're looking like. Oh, okay. Wise. How about the equalizer? Because I finally saw it. Yeah, the the first one. I saw the first one. The second one doesn't come out to when? Uh, I think, I want to say late July or yeah. maybe early July. Now, you told me this is... One of his best. Nah. Really? You don't think so? Nah. Come on, man. Nah, I can... Action, the action, the fucking... Okay, but here's the my... The story... It, it reminded me almost like of a Jason Bourne, but Jason Bourne, there was, the action was better in a Jason Bourne. And actually... I will give you that. I will give you... I would have loved to have seen a little bit more of of the physical shit. Yeah, because the only time he gets in a fight, he gets hurt. No, he, he, the first, which is the first scene, the first big. No, fight. no, no, no! In the fight in the in the Home Depot. Not like the first time, though. No, but that's. I mean, that's the first big fight scene. The big. That's big, the climactic. Yeah. Yeah, but but uh, you you had you had the the very first one when he goes into the Russians' office. Yeah. And annihilates them. Yeah, but that was that was action. That was like that. That was but all that gun. Was so, that, that was, was that good. Good the way it was choreographed. Yeah, yeah. No, they did a good job with it. So there was that. There was the end scene. There was the scene where uh, he confronts the cops for harassing the chick. Yeah. In her business. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that and then that was pretty much it. Like I would have loved to have seen what he did with the hammer. Yeah. When the, when the guy stole yeah, the ring yeah. and he they, he they see him take the hammer and put it back. He cleans it off as he's putting yeah, it back up. Yeah, but I would have loved like I would have loved I think the second one will probably make up for that. But I thought that was the shit, man. Dude, I, I mean I Man on Fire, I thought it was a much better film. <sighs> man on Fire to me didn't get juicy until he started killing. Yeah. All the way up to that point, it just was but just But the scenes where he kills people, he kills them with vengeance. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that scene where he blows the dude up by the car. Right, that's a hot yeah. scene. That's listen. One of the coolest lines in Man on Fire is when the old man tries to say, "You know, God is about forgiveness or something." Or yeah, then, yeah. And Denzel goes, "Well, that's up to God to decide. I'm here to arrange the meeting." <laughs> oh goodness, dude! <laughs> I fucking loved it. I like Man on Fire, but I just thought Equalizer was was incredible. It just there's so many movies that are similar to it that I thought even the, even the as far as the choreographed gunfighting scenes that what's the movie Keanu Reeves John Wick John Wick I think John Wick is better than uh, was No. The, yeah. Nah. Nah. I'd go Jason I'd go The Bourne, Wicks and then that that one number. Really? Three. Yeah. But you know they have a chance to fix it like you said on this next one. I mean, it wasn't a little predictable to you like the they going, I, you know. If you haven't seen the movie, it's your fault. I haven't. If someone would have spoiled it for me, that would have been too bad for me. Uh, when the dude comes back and gets him, he goes, "You said don't leave anybody behind," and he drags him out. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, you know, a few minutes later, he's up walking and killing people. Get when he kills him though, when he kills the dude, right. I thought that was great when he came in with the uh, power tools. Right. But what I didn't like, and the reason I, I think I feel this way, is at the end when he goes to get the main dude in Russia. Right. All right, you're telling me all these scenes you don't see, again you don't see anything it leaves it up to your mind. Right. But he could, he took out all the security, all the security around the house, Bad all the security in the why house. Not? 
He's a bad motherfucker. I do like how he kills the dude, though, in the, at the end. Right. Um, and that bad guy, dude, when he beats that dude up in the trailer, yeah. that fucking beaten. Yeah. And he smashes him with the ashtray and just stands over and keeps punching him in the face. And then the cop goes, what the hell was that? A message. Saying what? I'm here. here. Oh, dude, that was dude, fucking great. And the sound, the sound that they had in him when he keeps punching him. Oh, man, it was. Oh. Yeah, that was, that was brutal. Woof. No, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. it, it, it is, it's is amazing as a comedian how dark our minds go. How dark our minds go. Oh, That's the thing that I, I pulled I, out of there. What, what I wanted to it, say it, just now when you said that. Oh, I'm so fucking. I, 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 I wish we could say things. You without, can. Nah, but you. Nah. No. There's some things that are just so fucking dark. You just you just know you, you you get a feeling like there's gonna be repercussions for this, dude. I would I would really like regular people to hang out with comics and hear the things like oh, I, it's 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 uh I want to there's something dark that I want to talk about, but I'm gonna get it out tonight. But I, we I don't we can on finish. stage? No 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 to, to hear on this podcast. Right. I want to talk about because uh, I can't do this on stage even because it's too dark for the stage. I think it's not even too dark. I just don't think people will get it. They can't relate to it. Regular people, I don't think relate. Like to I was it. going, I went through Twitter, and somebody uh, tweeted. What's the funniest movie to watch when you're high? You know what I wanted to say? Mm. <laughs> and let me put a disclaimer on this. I don't feel this fucking way. It was me as a comic with a dark mind. The accused with Jodie Foster. <laughs> fucking joke. Relax. I don't feel that way. I'm just saying comics minds. It ain't just comedians. We all go to mental dark places. You all want to take but it. But you just can't say it. Everybody wants to take it up one. So that would that would be taking it up one or two. Or three. Right. Yeah. Listen, I don't know if you ever saw the episode of Family Guy and Seth McFarlane yeah. said that, he, you know, they go hard in the paint. Yeah. Said one of the things he, he regretted was the JFK Pez dispenser. Did you ever see that one? See that one? No, I didn't. You remember Pet? You old yeah, enough? Yeah, Pet yeah, dispensers, yeah. and the kid pushes the head back of John F. Kennedy to get the candy, and as the head gets ready to snap back in place, a drive-by shooting happens, and a bullet shoots the head off. <laughs> but see, I, that's what you got to appreciate, though. Is how, dude? I know there will come a day, and you and I talked about this last night at, at Yard House. When some of the darkest shit can be made funny, but it's it's almost like um, which one was it? The second Oceans movie with Clooney and Pitt, when the guy who they were up against was trying to explain how he stole the egg. Yeah, and he's doing this choreographed dance through all these red lasers along to not trip the alarm system. It's gonna be like that. But if you can fucking comedically figure out how to dance your way through the lasers without setting off the alarm, just like the egg is the prize, the success of that film is the egg. You know, but when we talk about being dark and the things that we say, I think I think it's funny to most people. I do. I just don't think that they're comfortable letting other people know that they find those things funny because... I have a joke. I don't think you've ever even heard me do it. And I've only done, I only do it with certain comics. And I, I don't think your audience would like it at all. But I do a joke oh, about. Oh, shit. Hold up. Stop. I think we're being. This is. This is You're this being racially profiled. Is, no, 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 no. This, this moment feels like Geraldo Rivera 
getting ready to try to open up Al Capone's safe. It is, we, feels like we about to be let in on something. Everybody that's listening, inch closer to your yeah, listening yeah. device. No, I'm not, I'm not going to tell the joke. But no, it, why not? Because the joke isn't, it's not fun to tell the joke. I can tell you what the joke's about. Well, if you're going to do that, tell the fucking joke. Okay, I'll tell the joke. Let, let, the, let the people that are listening email and reply and get their, and hear, read their feed. We'll read their feedback. Okay, I'm going to do the joke, but it's never going to sound as good as it does on stage with people and, and the whole thing. Here's the joke, really quick. And this is, as if you know me at all, most of my, like 99.9% of everything I say on stage is true. Like it comes from some true space. And there was a story that I read about a, a gentleman who was celebrating his 40th birthday. And this is a sad story, so you've got to stick with me through the whole thing. Celebrating his 40th birthday at an Applebee's. Uh, with his friends and his coworkers, and that's not even the sad part of the story. That's pretty fucking sad to celebrate forty at Applebee's, but that's not the part we're right. looking for. This dude celebrating his fortieth birthday at Applebee's, and he gets fucking fucked up, and the server cuts him off. And so uh, one of the dudes in the party knows the manager at that Applebee's, goes to the manager and says, "Hey, listen, we're all we're dry. It's his birthday. We're all going to go back to his house. We all have, we have a limo, and whoever doesn't fit in the limo, we got taxis, uh, and they're going to take him up to the house." So no one's driving. Can we continue to drink a little while longer before we go to the house? And the guy says, no one's driving? He said, yes. So he let everybody, let everybody continue to drink. So true to their word, uh, they call taxis for everybody who doesn't fit. The limo gets in there. And we're going to call this guy Joe, the guy. The, the, the guy. So uh, Joe gets into his limo with all his friends. And they drive up to his house. And he had a big house in the foothills. And it's a big two-story house. And they go into the house. And they go upstairs. And his wife is standing there with his newborn baby. And uh, he uh, sees his wife to stand there. He grabs the baby out of his wife's hands, and he shows it to his friends, you know, shows the baby. And at that time, all the cars are coming up. So he goes and he walks out on his patio, and he goes to show them the baby, and he holds it up kind of in a Lion King kind of pose, and the baby just kind of moves. and (laughs) Baby down. Man, there's a baby down. And and I know that's rough. I mean, the baby... The baby's down, man. The baby ain't getting back up. So, so baby's dead. Baby's dead. Baby died. Uh, it's funnier when I do it on stage because I don't have to ever say the baby's dead because I kind of right. make it so people know. And then I go, <laughs> but I, see the thing is that's not what I think happened. That's not the story. Here's what really happened. That dad went home, saw his baby, snatched it out of his wife's hands. He showed it to his two friends, and his baby looked at his his dad's fucking friends, and he was like, "That's my fucking dad's friends. Those drunk motherfuckers. That's the life I'm going to grow up with right. these fucks." And then he looked into his dad's eyes, and his dad looked at him, blew a little kiss at him, and he could smell the well whiskey off of his dad's fucking breath. Right. And he's like, that's my father? This is the life that I'm going to lead? No fucking way. And he goes out on that patio, and he holds that baby up, and the baby takes one more look at his dad. And he just says, Akuna Matata, bitches. That fucking kid jumped. That kid jumped. <laughs> so... So the baby committed suicide. See, suicide, suicidal baby. Yeah, you know, because yeah, I believe you know maybe a little reincarnation. If you don't see shit's gonna work out, get back in line as soon as fucking possible. And I tell that joke, and the reason I said this is because I tell the joke, and there's a little bit more to the joke afterwards, but it just gets even darker. So I don't. But this lady comes up to me. I'm at I'm at a show one night in Phoenix, and this lady comes up to me and she taps me on the shoulder. She goes, "I've seen you before." And she gets really quiet. She goes, "You have one of my favorite jokes." ever 
I thought she was going to say something about my kids or some of the nice, right. you know, some of the nice. And she goes, she looks all around like she's going to tell a racist joke. I mean, she looked all around. Right. She gets really quiet. She goes, it's the one about the dead baby. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, it, it hits people, and they laugh at it because our job is to let people find a way to think something terrible and kind of make it funny <laughs> so you can live with it. Right. But she found it funny, and I think most people find shit that's fucked up funny. Kuna Matata bitches. <laughs> and jumped. <laughs> Could you imagine me doing that, though, at one of our crowds? I don't think they would go for it at all. I think by the very nature of people's, we have to be sensitive now, you're going to get some of that. But I don't think it'll be as bad as you think. Really? Because the Akuna Matata bitches, <laughs> that's the motherfucking, that, that's the semen in the eye. Oh, my God. But uh, like, yeah. I tell it very few people. It has to be someone that has a crowd that's that, that kind of crowd. Like, that would be, like, I, I've told it, like, at a, right. a tell. I've told it on. Cause that, that, you t- t- did you tell it on his crowd or to him? I told it on to his crowd. Like, I, like and how did they like it? They liked it, but that's that's Dave's. On a scale of one to ten, what was the ten being good? Throughout the weekend, I did I did it only twice. I didn't even do it the whole weekend. I did it once, and I got probably like a seven. I got did another time. I got like a, good, I, and man. I got a nine on on oh. it. People liked it, but those are those are me. I don't want to say me, but those are people that can really handle. Right. So where, where, where they're being challenged to find right. some things. That's, right. that's what Dave does. Dave likes to make people feel a little uncomfortable. Right. We make people feel uncomfortable. Right. But in a different, in a different thing than, than children. <sighs> yeah. That I, is. I don't even, when I speak about my, my kids, even sometimes at your show, I see some pullback from, from the audience because they, they, don't, they don't know where I'm going yet. They don't have 100%. Well, of course, because you're talking about ADD, autism. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that being said, man, I, I you know, like we said, like I told you last night, I really want to get this movie off the ground because I think that if if done correctly, it's walking through the through the trip wires to get to the egg. No, your your idea is genius, but it is that's going to be that's rougher than my dead baby joke. Of course, because we're talking about a joke versus an hour and a half of history being made fun of, right? Uh, from the darkest of Amer- of America's time, um, slavery, the comedy. It's coming. Uh, let's get into this Dunham thing, because this might take some time. Um, so, yeah, we actually meant to get into this uh, uh, two weeks ago. Um, you know, Jeff, for people, for people who don't know, Jeff Dunham is a ventriloquist. Uh, and, and comedically, uh, historically, they've always been looked at as the... Uh, the stepchild of comedy. Well, they were even not a lot of respect. Yeah, yeah but they were vaudevillians. They were yeah, around yeah, long yeah, before yeah. even stand-up comedy. Yeah, was there. yeah. Uh, but still, the, the, no one. A lot of comedians in the comedy world don't see that as a real comic art form because they you're using something extra right. to get the laugh. Whereas you know, comedically, when you're on stage and it's just you, we're bare naked. We're 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 we're, we're putting our soul out there, and it's just us and a microphone and a stool. Uh, so people go, wow, that. You know, to do that is so much more riskier than going through a puppet. Um, But I'm going to tell you something, man. And I heard I heard how rich the dude was, how popular he was. And my whole thought always was, oh, fucking puppets. 
So I might have been guilty of having the same prejudice. Um, but I watched this this documentary, man. Hats off to Mr. Dunham. I, I respect this motherfucker on a level so deep. Uh, of a, And I'm not saying he's Pryor or, or Carlin or Murphy, but the respect factor is just the same. Because this dude really, from the bottom to the top, worked his way to where he is. And the amount of fucking work and detail he puts into making these fucking puppets, the machines he buys, talk about reinvesting in your own pro- in your own brand, the machines he buys, 3D machines that sculpt and, it, dude, and then coming up with the voices and getting better with the jokes. And I have such respect for this dude, man. I have such respect for this dude. And then I found out not only was he doing what he was doing with the puppets, this motherfucker makes his own helicopters from scratch. Yeah, I didn't know about that. That he fucking flies. Helicopters. This nigga's a bad motherfucker, dude. Bad motherfucker, man. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, I think people respect when you take your knocks in life. Because no matter what you try to accomplish, especially the greater you try to be, the greater the risk. You're going to take some hits. I always tell, always tell people when they come up to me and go, hey, man, what advice would you give me, man, for doing stand-up? And I go, first of all, besides the obvious, put together five minutes, go on an open mic night, jump in the water head first. Crowd is going to tell you the truth. They're going to tell you the truth. They ain't going to lie. If, you, if this is for you, you'll know. But if it is for you, unless you just happen to be one of those very few chosen special people that get to blow up without any real... Hits and knocks, uh, you're going to take some hits at some point. And it's like a 15-round fight, 12-round fight. Some rounds you win, some rounds you just got to lay up against the ropes, cover up, and take the rib shots. But no matter what, ding, ding, answer the bell till the fight is over. Uh, and he took some knocks, man. Like uh, he was explaining how one time he went to a comedy club with another ventriloquist buddy of his. And, uh, you know, he tried to get in on the rotation to get on stage. And he goes, the fucking... Uh, MC goes, there's something about you I don't like. And goes, yeah, you're a ventriloquist. So he told Jeff, yo, I'm going to put you on at eight. Eight turns into ten. Jeff, yo, is it time? Can I go up? Yeah, ten turned into eleven. Eleven turned into eleven thirty. Eleven thirty turned into twelve. And finally, Jeff, just him and his buddy went, man, let's get the fuck out of here. He told another story where uh, I guessed Mickey Rooney uh old time screen black and white legend was doing a broadway show and they had a kind of a vaudeville show and the tranquilic the ventriloquist that they had split on him so they hired him to fill in and you know uh jeff like most comics and entertainers when you become a part of something where you know the main guy is a legend you admire him. You, you give him his props. So he goes to Mickey Rooney to say, hey, man, respect, props. And Mickey just looks at him and goes, the only reason why you're here is to allow me to change costumes. And I'm just like, the motherfucker took his hits, man. You know, so you got to respect it. You got to respect it. Now, I, you know, I've never, I, I want to I be careful how I say this because I don't want to sound demeaning on any of this because Jeff Denham has worked really hard. He has his own audience. He's built everything. But he's not a traditional comic. And for what he does, he's amazing at. Right. But when I think of comedy, 
I think of the, the rawest form. I mean, I'm I'm thinking about people with just a microphone, and and so that's kind of how I think about. It. But I don't put anything. I'm not putting carrot top down. I'm not putting uh, uh, Jeff Dunham down. I'm not putting anybody. Everybody has their own path to do whatever it is in entertainment they do. But I don't I don't see him as a true comic. I see him as a ventriloquist doing comedy. And that's his lane, and I think it's great. And I, and more power to him. He's doing great. Yeah. Uh, but it's hard for me to look at it as the same as what we do. I think that's fair. I mean, I, I'll, I'll take that because when you talk about comedians, comics, yeah, I think I think it's a Mike and you. Um, but 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 if but if you want to say he's a ventriloquist doing comedy, okay. He's still in the business of funny. Yeah, he, he's in the entertainment business. He's in the funny part right. of the entertainment business, and I, he's he's the best at what he does. Right. And like you just said, you, you there's different lanes. I mean, the best like like you say, Jordan's the best basketball player. Yeah, he's the best basketball player. But that doesn't mean that a guy who plays baseball, the best ba- baseball player, isn't also in his category. We all have different categories that we but, fit in. I, I, but that's a different sport, though. We, we're still talking about. The sport being comedy. Okay, if the sport's being comedy, yeah, then it's a subcategory to me. I can't, I just can't get back. When you see someone like, and, and, and again, it's it's like we're kissing ass and worshiping people, but when I look at Pryor and I look at Chappelle and I see what they do, just holding a microphone, right? that to me is the pure, maybe that's a bit, even another way to say it, it's the purest form of that piece of entertainment. Yeah, it is. That's, it is. That's the purest form. It and, is. And so when he's – the puppets, whatever, he's still funny. He's getting a crowd. He's getting a bigger crowd than most anybody's ever going to have. Right. More power to you. That's your lane. That's your specific subcategory of what we're doing. But to me, it's always going to be – I'm always going to look up to the person who just comes out there. The only way you could get better to me than, than, than prior Chappelle's to go out, out there naked with no microphone and still do your fucking act and be – like completely naked? I'm just saying, yeah, that that's the only way that you could be like that would be the only way to be the next level past those two guys to me. Because then you're going out there with absolutely nothing. No microphone. Oh, just <laughs> just just go out there and start yelling at people. Right. Those are usually called crazy people and they don't have an act. Uh, yeah. But I mean I think that's the minimum that they do. The microphone dressed with the people sitting down. I, you know, it, it it was it was just mind blowing the level of success. Like Jeff Dunham does arenas, yeah. Like and not just here in America, all over the world. Like th- this, is how crazy this internet shit is. Like it, they said, uh, this one puppet he had. Well, first of all, he had to sharpen up his comic game within fucking with the puppets. Yeah, and he's funny. I mean, Be- it's right, funny because because what he was doing at one point was too soft, and he didn't like the curse. So he started getting edgier and edgier and tightening up the jokes, and that's what really brought it on strong. But I guess the thing that really put it over the top was he had a puppet that was a, a suicide terrorist. Terrorist. Um, He's a little skeleton. A little skeleton who was like a dead suicide terrorist. He's- and he he would say, what was the catchphrase? What? I kill you. No, yeah, I kill you. And he put it on YouTube, over 100 million hits. And because of that, he started touring the world, and everybody was on him for what? I give you this one fucking thing. Yeah, they liked everything else, but this was the thing. Yeah. that put him in, a, in another stratosphere. It was Fonzie's A. Yeah, and 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 motherfucker got tour buses 
a private plane. Like, word. But then, how do you feel about? Uh, you know, I don't want to say. I don't want to do that. Never mind. What? I was just gonna say, like, because there's other comedians that have catchphrases that make millions of dollars because, like, who? Like a get her done. Right. Well, yes, but he's still telling jokes. Yeah. The catchphrase is there. Yeah. But he's still telling jokes. It ain't like, you know, his end all be all is get her done. Right. That's part of it. But see, this this is what I don't like about comedy. A little bit that I don't like about the game of comedy. Uh, when before I was ever doing comedy. I would go to comedy clubs and watch comedy, and people would point at uh, uh, Larry the Cable Guy and go, dude, this dude is funny. This dude is funny. And then he blows up, and he's making hundreds of millions of dollars, and now he's just a uh, – now no one can say he's funny anymore. Now he's, he's a catchphrase. He's not even from – he's not even from the South. He's from Indi- Indiana or whatever. Mm. And everybody just, like, pulls the rug out because – like it, it's like, but the, but are but I but are they pulling the rug out, or has he pulled the rug out himself? Because listen, man, well, they had a saying in boxing that was genius because it's so true. A, a boxer who goes to bed in silk bo- in silk shorts ain't hungry. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so again, these guys, once you start, once you get to that stratosphere level, and you fucking, you know. Millions and tour buses and plane, private jets and yo, you get lazy. Your hunger ain't the same because you know you you on top now. You know, so some of these dudes, I think, become not funny because they finally gotten there where the grind. They don't have to grind it out. Now they're flying and performing where they want as opposed to where they have to. Now they pick and choose when they want to work as opposed to. I got to, you know, it's it's real hard to have that same eye of the tiger when you're eating steak and crab, you know, at your at your picking. But Chappelle's gotten funnier. But Chappelle's a gym rat. Seinfeld's still funny, and that's subjective. Yeah, I know it's subjective, but but but, 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 but he's I still get, funny I on the same. Rock, Chappelle, yeah. Seinfeld—they're gym rats. Yeah, it's like they dicks get hard off of sweating in the gym. They comedy's in their blood like that. Some dudes bust their ass just so they can get to a point where they don't have to bust their ass no more. You know? Yeah, no. Someone asked me if I if I made a billion dollars, would I still want to do comedy? I said I would like to, but it's gonna be very difficult with all the women that I'm fucking in Milan. <laughs> but <laughs> But I'll get to it eventually. Yeah, I my ego, my ego. I, I'm, 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 I love, I love to feel like I'm right, and I like to feel like I'm the most powerful, funniest guy in the world, and can shut my fuckers down. So my ego would make me still want to do it. Um, but dude, you're already that dude. You're in. You tour more than anybody else I know. And a lot of that is because uh, I have to. You know, baby mama shit, alimony payments. Is a motherfucker. Well, always keep you hungry, then. <laughs> you know, I'm hungry, but but again, I don't I don't want to dive too deep because we've gone down this road. But you know, I again, the thing that drains my tank is having to deal with the dumb shit. Like at one point, uh, when I in a special Comedy Central turned Jeff down, like they they and 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 there's a million of these examples. Where they turned him down, and he had to somehow finagle. He basically he put up the, his own money 
to shoot his own special because they wouldn't even give him a special. Right. He, 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 he put up his own money, shot his own special, and he said, look, here's the finished product. Just air it. You're not taking any risks. You didn't have to put up money. You don't have to worry. You didn't invest in this. All you got to do is air it. Cut to they air it. The number one highest rated special of that year. And now they give him a show. That's the shit that drains me. Is that I'm in a business with people who don't know funny. And who aren't qualified to hold their fucking rank. Have the ability to a large degree to tell me whether or not I can eat. Now, I can already hear the hustlers going, hey man, nigga. You don't depend on nobody to eat. You got you know you got to hustle, get your own shit, duh. And that's what this podcast is about. That's what potentially writing this slave comedy is about. I'm 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 hustling as best I can, but you don't understand how fucking hard it is when everything you seem to try and do eventually has to go through the man. And when I say the man, I'm not talking about necessarily stereotypical. The white man, even though them the motherfuckers in the position of power, but not a racial thing. I just mean people who are in control that should not be in control. How are you called Comedy Central? And you are in the business of comedy. And don't put certain comedians on because you you have this perception of what you think the next big hot comic is. You know, I, I, Jeff was explaining how they were saying to him, yeah, we're looking for this uh, new type of wave type of, I don't know what all the right words are, like how you would describe a, he's in this movie right now on my TV, Men in Black, Cross, the dude with the glasses. Oh, uh, David Cross? David Cross, yeah. But there are certain comedians, and I'm not shitting on David Cross, but I, Bill Burr had a, 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 he phrased it, these these alternative comics, these eclectic a certain style and it's like okay again comedy subjective i understand that works for some people but to but to use that as the fucking barometer as as the line to go this is what comedy is now and you're in the business of comedy like if if you're if you're if you're if you're an athletic scout or a basketball scout you're not just looking for one kind of player you're looking for all kinds of players Looking for a kind of certain kind of point guard. You're looking for a ball handler, a guy, maybe a guy who can just, you know, create his own shot. A guy who just catches and shoots. Maybe you you really need a a, a center. You're in the business of comedy. That alternative shit is one style. Jeff Dunham is another style. I might be a certain style. You're in the business of comedy. Be open to it all. But that's that's the unfortunate part is that very few people are open to it all. Then you shouldn't have your fucking job. But listen. Give me your stripes. Mitzi Shore, who ran the comedy store forever and discovered a ton of comics and brought a lot of people to the forefront, she didn't want Seinfeld. Seinfeld talks about her, him not being welcome really at the store. So she missed on that one. People miss. But I mean, but what you're saying is true because when Chris, what is Chris Albrecht? Is that how you say his name? Albright. Albright. Yeah. From HBO. Went to HBO, but he was really the manager at at the improv at one time. Right. And so he knew all the comics. He knew who was funny. Not just who was funny to him, but how he saw them affect the crowds. And that's how he got so many people to come to HBO. And he had a great track record with bringing comics to the And you know how he got bounced out, right? 
something in what a domestic situation. He beat up a girl. girl. Yeah, yeah. I heard it. But he's at Stars or something now. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's at some smaller. That's what I heard. I don't know. The network. Story. Yeah. Boy, white guys, you buy. You guys bounce back, don't you? Yeah, but quietly. Oh, but you bounce back but quietly. But 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 listen. If I ran, uh, if I ran a network like Comedy Central, here's here's what would, would, would be my thing. I'm in the business of funny. I would go look. I don't necessarily think you're funny, but if the numbers suggest otherwise, welcome. Yeah, I, I might not think you're funny, but apparently the numbers don't lie. Welcome. But you saw how good Netflix is doing with it because look what they did with the sta- uh, the stand-ups, where they everybody's getting like a twenty minute, half an hour. Right. And did you see the variety of comics that are on it? Yeah. And to all you guys on Twitter who say. Yo, Aries, uh, Netflix, y'all need to get this man a special. No, Netflix turned me down. Netflix does not want to give me a special. For the same reason a lot of people don't want to fuck with me. Whether it's the perception or whatever else they think it is that they have no idea about what it is, there it is. No, it's the perception because I, I get asked constantly, what's it like? They won't say it. They say it in this yeah. way. What's it like being on the road with Aries? <laughs> And they're expecting a certain answer from me, and that's you know that's not the answer they get. Right? They they want they they because everybody has this thing. I said a long time ago, you are just quiet, and you before you go on stage, I don't bug you before you go on stage. I very rarely try to talk to you. I try to stay away from you before you go on stage. You're trying to get in your zone, right? And I I think other people just do not don't understand that. Like like yesterday, last night uh, at the Houston Improv, um, at one point I'm leaving the lobby area where people hang out just before they come into the showroom and I'm going out towards the patio to go smoke. And again, I've been doing this long enough now to where I can see shit without letting you know I see it. Like every time somebody's about to approach me, I could see it a mile away coming because there's a gleam in their eye and there's a, a, a strut in their walk that lets me know here it comes. And well, you're right. I, again, we've discussed this. I got my headphones in. I'm not really, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but it's game time. So I'm walking out, and these two brothers are right near the fucking exit door, and and they both I, I'm not I don't make no eye contact with them, but I see it, and they one notices me, taps his other boy, and they ex, they are excited as as kids at a fucking candy store, yo that's it, and as I go to walk out, I mean the dude he was trying to say what's up to me and get my attention, so he fucking backhanded my shoulder. Like, yo, what's up, man? And hit me real hard. And it pissed me off. Like, motherfucker, don't touch me. So I said, yeah, what's up, man? And I kept it moving. And I could tell that they were turned off by it because then when I came back in, they were still standing in the same spot. And to kind of let them know no hard feelings, I looked over and I gave them a little head nod like, yeah, what's up? But I could see it on their face like I disappointed them. Or when, when people come up and ask me for autographs and I go, let me do it after the show, please. As politely and as nicely as I can. And again, they act like I just, you know, spit in their face. I I didn't say no. I just said after the show. Yeah, and they don't understand because if you start signing autographs before the show or taking pictures. Once person, one person sees it, then it opens the floodgates. And you're there really just trying to get into your, into your zone yeah. before you go on stage. It, it, it's, it, it's a complicated relationship between fans. I don't have to worry about it because I don't have fans. But you have fans, and I see how it works for you. There's fans, 
And, and there's fucking nut jobs. And there's nut jobs, and, and you have to balance that out with what you have to do to keep your fans. But you also want to be there for them. And, dude, you're the most respectful. When you, we go out after shows and we go, I've never seen you turn anybody down for a pitch. The only time you ever get offended by people is when they physically grab you or hit you like that, like you just said right. that guy did. Because uh, if and I said to somebody one time, they go, oh, do you think he'd give me an autograph? I go, if you go up to him, to his face, because we were standing behind you, I go up to his face and introduce yourself. Yes. I said, don't you? Because know, a lot of people will come up behind you right. and not think about, oh, like you don't know who's coming. Because I seen when we were in Vegas, one dude came up from behind you, grabbed you by the neck, and like wanted to try to give you a hug, and you just picked <laughs> that dude up and pushed him away, dude. But people don't realize what they're doing. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. I said it before. When you come into people's living rooms or you affect affect people's lives in a positive way. Uh, they feel like they know you. They, they they feel like it's, you know, even though they've never met you or talked to you once, they feel like they know you. But, and listen, uh, the, the, the benefits I endure, you you get from all of this, I mean, we'd be, we'd be lying if we said we didn't like it. Like yesterday, we went to go eat at a Triple D spot here in Houston at a burger place. Yeah. And I got into the Uber, and this Hispanic brother who had a thick, heavy accent Asked me two minutes into the drive, so where are you performing at? I'm like, and it, it, it threw me off. I'm like, how the fuck did the motherfucker know me? And uh, but apparently he knew me, and he was like, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Then when we got to the spot, he was like, you want me to wait for you? And Uber drivers don't do that. They go, you got to call another Uber. But this motherfucker waited for me. Why? Because he knew me, and he was a fan, and he felt a connection. And he hung out, and he, and he had hung a good out, time. and he had a good time. Um. Both times, waiting for you to do this podcast today, across the street, I'm at the, the little eater bar spot, and yesterday, twice, went in there, got one drink, both times, didn't have to pay for it. So, you know, you, you like the shit that comes with it, but people are only doing this because they, they go, holy shit, by me doing this for you, free, I'll wait for you, there's a connection now, man. Yeah. Yeah. But... Yeah, so it comes, you get some benefits, but it comes with some things that you have to deal with that aren't always things that anybody wants to deal with. Exactly. But it's been, it's been interesting. Hey, um, I know we're almost to the end of this, but I did want to bring up something, and uh, I don't want to end on a sad note, uh-huh. but I did want to bring up Anthony, Anthony Bourdain. Bourdain, uh. Because I thought it was very sad of his passing. Right. But again, as a, as a comedian, my dark side immediately asked myself the question, Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because of how he died, they said he he, was stra- he strangled himself, and I can't help but whenever I hear someone strangle themselves, if they were masturbating, if they were doing that autoerotic asphyxiation, well, hang- while hanging, you you never heard of this thing? I, I know. Well, that's what they do. They they they, they suppress their uh, their uh, breathing. Right. So they're choking, so they're choking almost where they're almost about ready to pass out while they're masturbating. While they're masturbating, because apparently. If you are mass, and I'm not saying Anthony Bourdain did this. I'm just saying, unfortunately, as a comic, that when as soon as I hear that there were someone was hung, uh, because it has happened. David Carradine uh, was one of the people that did it. The guy from uh, Kung Fu, right? And uh, and, and uh, uh, but he didn't die. David Carradine, did yeah, he, he did. He died. Oh, he died doing that. And uh, uh, Michael Hutcherson from the band In Excess. Right. Uh, and there's been other people. Some people said that was what happened with Robin Williams. I don't know because that wasn't. What do they all have in common? They like jerking off. No, besides that. They're famous. Besides that. I don't know. They're dudes. Besides that. 
Oh. Go through it again. They're dudes. No, no. They're famous. Who are the people that did it? Go, go, go through the names. Like you just did. Oh, white dudes. There you go. Niggas don't do shit like that. Niggas don't do shit like that. White guys, that's what I'm trying to tell you, man. White people should have been slaves at some point. So y'all know what it's like to have boundaries. Y'all motherfuckers is too free. Y'all explore everything. You don't think there's any black dude that's choked himself out? No! Dude, if you're a black dude who's choked yourself out, no! we got to let Aries know about this. Niggas wore chains around their neck. We not putting nothing around our neck that's tight. That's why when we wear our rope chains, they hang down to our dicks. They're loose. No, not not uh, not six nines. Six nine is a goofy clown ass <laughs> nigga who is uh, one of Joker's uh, henchmen. I just like I just like bringing that up because I like seeing your face. Anyway, I, not to go too far off this because I did I didn't want to fuck up Anthony Bourdain. Like I I really enjoyed watching his show. Uh, I he, never, he was, I never really uh, watched the show several peeped times. Him, peeped him like that, and um, I really thought he was an inspiration to uh, humanity. The way, yeah, from what I gather, you know, traveling the world and embracing culture and culture food. and bringing food and yeah, that's, that's and not uh, just showing the food, but showing the people that ate the food and the culture. And he sat down in people's homes and ate dinner with them. Yeah, and it, it, and uh, there was an episode where he was eating guinea pig. In uh, ooh, yeah, but that's what they that's what they eat there because mm. they're they're. They're available. He, he ain't like the other dude. What was the other cook guy? Ballhead. Oh, the, the Zimmerman. Is there, is yeah, he would. Name? Yeah, I think he would go and eat. Like his thing was his mo was purposely eating, eating gross or weird, weird shit. shit. Like he one time ate some, uh, I think, bulls balls. Well, that's common though. For whom, nigga? Dude, that's Rocky Mountain oysters. They serve them in restaurants Ooh. here in this country. Niggas ain't eating balls. Uh, I I don't know. Niggas ain't eating balls. We ain't choking ourselves, and we ain't eating nuts. Eating chitlins. We, we, that's different. That's that pork, baby. That's slavery shit. Still, slaves, it's, it's slaves, were, slaves were fed the worst shit. Yeah, that's soul food. That's what came out of it. I'm saying no, but that ain't nuts. Man, I'm sure they eat nuts. Niggas ain't eating nuts. Back then, I bet we they barely nuts. eat. Plain nuts. The nuts they serve on airplanes, nigga. Dude, dude, if you're we eating, stare at our airplane nuts for 18 minutes before we start eating them. Dude, if you're eating, if you're eating intestines, you're eating some nuts at one time. Get the maybe, fuck out of here. Maybe it didn't make the cut, but you were eating nuts at one nah, time. Nah, nigga. That's stomach lining. That, that ain't your nuts. No, but nuts. The, what about the, them? The protein. The, people cook them, slice them up. I don't give a fuck if, if uh, the serum for having the biggest dick ever was in them. I'm not eating nuts. Eat nuts, B. They don't call them nuts. They call them Rocky Mountain Oysters. What the fuck? Okay, so uh, if, if I pull some doo-doo on the table and call it uh, uh, chocolate pudding, it ain't, it ain't doo-doo? No, so someone might try to eat it. White people. Y'all would eat that. Black people eat brains, though, don't who they? Did, the who, did, who did? Do black folks no, eat monkey I, brains? No, no, only... Fuck out of here. Nah, I ain't gonna get that to us. <laughs> who, who, who's the two bitches, two girls in a cup? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. White people, y'all have no... Motherfucking boundaries. Y'all do whatever the fuck y'all want. Niggas have been told no in life. Nigga, pick up that hay. Nigga, get to sleep. Nigga, pick the cotton. Sit in the back of the bus. Eat those Rocky Mountain oysters. Nah. Yeah. That's what niggas draw the line. That's the truth. Coretta, uh, Rosa Parks didn't start the civil rights movement. Some nigga was told to eat Rocky Mountain oysters. Back in 1962, somebody, some nigga was forced to try to eat nuts, and Dr. King was called. 
We can't allow niggas to eat nuts. <laughs> anyway, uh, Anthony Bourdain, I truly feel like you'll be missed. I, and I'm not even kidding. I, I mean, I mean that sincerely from the bottom of my heart. I feel like you'll be missed even by people who didn't know you. And they won't even understand that they miss you. But you'll be missed because uh, you were doing uh, good work. That's how I wanted to end that was Anthony Bourdain. How do I say goodbye? Andy, where are you going to be next week? Where are we going to be next week? Uh, we're going to be in Sacramento. Uh, yeah, and you, I, don't, I can't wait for that because that's, that's, that's a club club, meaning it's got old school. You're going to like it. You're going to like it. I'm bringing my son True with me. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, for, are we doing the closeout? Follow me on uh, yeah. andycomedy.com. Uh, all my social media is at the top. I really like Instagram right now. Houston, your club, your improv. You guys rock, Fantastic, man. man. I've had a great time, and I'm looking forward to tonight's show. Uh, Twitter, Ari Spears. Instagram, Ari Spears Official. Uh, Pandora, Ari Spears. Uh, blah, blah, blah. You guys know what it is. We out. We out. <laughs>